Welcome to a very spooky edition of episode one with Michael and Eric, the podcast where we spookily watch one episode of a streaming exclusive show and spookily talk about it. I'm Michael. And I'm scary. (laughs) (laughs) That intro for me, dude, right off the top of the dome. Could you tell? I could tell. Um, that's not true. I was going to ask, how long have you been not working on that one? Because it was clear you hadn't worked on it. Since I hit record. Yeah, um, <laughs> um, but I counter question, how... <laughs> what's the word I'm looking for? How much of a surprise was it, was it that I played along with it instead of just immediately <laughs> shitting on it? You know... I appreciated it. Yeah. Anyway, this week we watched The Fall of the House of Usher on Netflix. I didn't have one. I didn't have one. Oh, wait. I can do one off the top of my dome. Mm-hmm. Netflix. <laughs> What'd you think? I thought this was fine. So this is based off of Edgar Allan Poe. But not necessarily the story, The House of the Fall of Usher, just like a bunch of them. So I read a Edgar Allan Poe story today out of this book. Terry Pratchett. Terry, yes, out of this <laughs> disc world. <laughs> Out of this book that was my father's when he was a kid, and I read it when I was, or not, I didn't read the whole thing when I was in high school. I read some of it. And whenever I think of Edgar Allan Poe, I think of this story that at the time made me roll my eyes and I thought was so stupid. And it was a story about how a guy looks out the window and he sees a monster coming out of the house, but it just turns to be, turns out to be an insect on the, pain of the window and it was an all forced perspective thing and i was like that's stupid yeah and then i decided before i came to record and talk about how stupid that short story was that i would read it so i read it today you know what pretty good still Uh, stupid (laughs) i might have related a little more to it because it was about two gentlemen who were self a podcast <laughs> who were self isolating during a global pandemic okay the cholera sure. outbreak in new york mm-hmm. <clears throat> and basically just this one guy's like meant the impact on his mental health while he while he did that including getting fixated on like omens and and things like that and that's when he starts seeing the monster on the thing the whole like it, it, the whole it ended up being an insect uh not a, it wasn't on the pain pain of the glass it turned out it was like on a spider web between the guy and the 
and the window. So the guy who was like, oh, no, I'm seeing this monster. And the other guy's going, I don't see anything. And then they switch places. He's like, yeah, there's an insect, right? And let me. It's so, I mean, it is dumb that, but the rest of it was pretty good. Let me find it. Let me just read the last paragraph to you. It's called The Sphinx. It's only six pages long, so that was a plus. Ah, here it is, he presently exclaimed. It is reascending the face of the hill and a very remarkable-looking creature I had admit it to be. Still, it is by no means so large or so distant as you imagined it, for the fact is that as it wiggles its way up a thread which some spider has spun across the window... I find it to be about a sixteenth of an inch in its entire length and also about a sixteenth of an inch distance from the pupil of my eye. Ugh. Right? Ugh. What? A sixteenth of an inch from the pupil of your eye? How close are you looking at the... Like, are you shoving your eye up against the glass? Yeah. This is our new Edgar Allan Poe podcast. I also then went and started reading uh, The Fall of the House of Usher out of here and made it about three quarters of the way through. And I was like, this isn't even about the show that we watched. No, I have heard that this show probably should have been titled something different. There's a different Edgar Allan Poe story or something about the haunting of the Red Mask or something. And... I it's some mask something or death mask or something the mask of the red death yes and the bart uh carlo gugino's character in this is basically the red death whatever i don't know anything about that story or how it relates to this story i know nothing about the fall of the house of usher frankly either i know just enough to understand that this is just kind of a loose smattering of Poe stuff. Yeah. As I understand it. I liked this, but I don't know how much of Mike Flanagan's stuff you've watched on Netflix, but he has a lot of different shows on Netflix. He was the guy that did the haunting at Hill house, haunting of Bly Manor. Mm. Um, Midnight mass, I think is what it's called. I like his shows typically. Uh, Haunting a Hill House is fantastic. Haunting a Bly Manor is less good as a horror, but still pretty good. Midnight Mass is, in my opinion, dog shit. And it's largely because so many of the characters in that show don't dialogue. They don't talk to each other. They just monologue endlessly. And another person sits and listens to them and just kind of nods or looks on horrified or whatever. And they just talk and talk and talk incessantly. So going into this show, Kathy was excited. I was tentatively, I I was interested to see if Mike Flanagan was doing more of the haunting thing or more of the midnight mass thing. I think what he found was a fantastic way to keep sort of doing the monologue-y stuff but keep it interesting, which is to have a character and an actor with gravitas be the one doing the monologuing. That guy that plays the head of Roderick Usher or whatever, I could listen to him fucking read from a phone book. He, he it doesn't matter what he was saying. I was just like, oh, fuck, keep going. Like, just he, he was uh, 
far more interesting. And it also helped that he was basically setting himself up as a narrator of what's going on. So that monologue thing made more sense. And then when it came time to actually see what's happening, there was far less of it. So that I was pleasantly surprised by. But as far as the horror of this show, nothing's living up to to Hill House. Hill House was fucking terrifying. Hmm. You think that his mom was really behind uh, the detective while they were talking? In an episode one first, I have cheated. I have watched more than one episode. This is your first time doing that? I think so. Eric, that's no good. I've never done that. Never once. Um, yeah, I promised Kathy it has I been knew, so... I knew you were going to because you asked me on like Monday. You were like, we watched the first episode last night. Are we still going to record on Thursday? I was like, oh, he wanted to, he wants to watch more. That wasn't it at all. But I mean, that would as a fair assumption to make. But no, it wasn't that it was truly just making sure that we had hmm. i'm after watching the first episode i wasn't champing at the bit to to watch more of it um kathy was and i had already promised her that she wanted to watch it with me because it's a horror show and who knows how scary it's going to be but i was like we're watching for the podcast i i i promise you we can watch more than one episode but i don't want to get started so early that i've watched the whole thing by the time we record um and so for the last 2 weeks i think since the show's come out it's just been a constant like, can we watch it now and i'm like if we watch it now you're just going to be annoyed that we can't watch the next 7 episodes so no like sl- slowly roll we'll watch it the weekend before we'll watch an episode or two and and that'll carry you through um, or two just right off the bat you decided no we i mean i t- i told her that what i was promising her is i will watch more than one with you okay if it's worth if you're that continue to be interested um so yes i went into this already knowing that i was going to cheat so is the mom behind him i suspect based on uh, some shit so i've only watched two episodes some shit that happens in the second episode we find out more. I don't remember if it was hinted at in the first episode, but that Roderick is sick. I think we see him talking to a doctor, and that's all we know, right? Oh, yeah, and he falls down with a bloody nose. and that Right, that's fair, yeah. too. In the second episode, he starts talking. He hasn't admitted that this is what he has, but he starts obliquely referencing some disease where can come on in old age, and you start to have visual hallucinations and blah, 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 blah. And I suspect that's what's happening because that is not the only person that shows up behind the, was it a DA? Something like that. I think it was a a district attorney that shows up behind Dupin. Like there are, it happens multiple times. Mm. Um, The second one was the first of his kids that dies. Mm. Um, We don't know that at the time because spoiler alert how his kid dies is horrifying and leaves him basically unrecognizable but after seeing that kid die i realized oh shit that's who was appearing uh earlier in the, the episode so i think he's seeing those people i don't think dupin has anything knows anything about it because we see that kid walk like almost basically sitting side by side with dupin and he doesn't turn and like realize anybody's here at all Oh, interesting. In the second episode. He's he's sick in the short story, Roderick. But he just gets visited by a childhood friend. Okay. 
Yeah, he's like calls his childhood friend to visit him, and then like plays weird guitar music at him for a while. <laughs> I need to know how that's described. Like just, and then he played weird guitar music at him. Oh, there's lyrics. Oh God. Okay. <laughs> so, f- at first, okay, hold on, wait. Yep. Did you just tell me that all of his kids get Final Destination? We know that after the first episode. But like, like intricately die and or accidentally step out in front of a bus. In the first episode, so th- this is why I, I my short term or short ish term memory is terrible. So I'm having a hard time parsing what came in the first episode, what came in the second episode. In the first episode, we know that. So. Let's let's maybe talk about what the show is about a bit. Uh, Read a book. I don't know. Don't don't though because I don't think it has that much to do with the book, right? Yeah. The ushers are a rich ass pharmaceutical family, or that own a pharmaceutical company that are getting quite a trendy topic these days. Yeah, that are getting uh, indicted for some sort of government fraud. All of them, as far as I understand it. And we find out in this first episode, and stop me if I'm wrong, that the government has a crucial witness that is a whistleblower of some kind. Yeah. I want to talk about that courtroom scene at some point. Oh, yeah, we for sure will. (laughs) And in this first episode, they have a family get-together immediately following it where Roderick, the father, the, the patriarch of the family, basically puts a hit out on... Who whoever in the family it is that is the whistle not the whistleblower the the informant and says whoever finds the person and serves me up the evidence I will give fifty million dollars no taxes no like it'll be cash no questions asked yeah at the same time uh is announcing that whoever uh, this person is is going to be killed his sister is the one that threatens to kill them yeah um yeah so. Yes, that they're they're going to kill whoever is fucking over the family. And I think in the first episode, he's ta- as he's talking to Dupin, he mentions that he's responsible for the deaths of his his family as a result of that interaction, right? Yeah. So I don't and he keeps into the second episode. I know this for sure happened in the second episode. He keeps talking about things as though he's the one that killed them. When we've now, I, I've now seen the death of the first child, and there's no world. Well, no, I guess I can see how he feels responsible for the death of that kid. He, it's not like he murdered him, it's just something. His kid's a fucking idiot, is what happened. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of his fault. It's beyond it's beyond that. I think that's his fault. And then also how his kid... Are you interested in watching this show at all? No. Okay. If you're at all interested in watching this show, stop listening for like a minute. Oh, I'll just play a minute of uh, like white noise or like uh, unlicensed <laughs> or like uh, fair use music over what you said. Billy Joel. Billy Joel. <laughs> or <laughs> Okay. You start talking... Start talking. Ready, set, go. So, Sing us what, the song. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's 
so the kid that dies first, I believe, is the youngest. It's the son, Prospero. Oh, yeah, the one that, <laughs> that, the one that his, dad, his dad gives him a year to come up with a business plan. And he goes, nightclub. And they're like, nightclub? And he's, that's it? And he a basically nightclub goes, where it's for rich people only yeah. and they'll fuck there. Yeah. He's basically like, a really fun nightclub, though. And also, this whiskey will be served there. <laughs> yeah, uh, he's an idiot. Um, so Prospero has a plan to prove to his dad how smart this idea is and basically runs the first he he decides that what they're going to do is it'll be an exclusive list that you're on you have to pay ten thousand dollars or twenty thousand dollars just to get on the list because the party will be four times a year and it will be at a different location every time and there's all sorts of checks and balances to make sure that the right people get in and blah 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 he sets it up at what amounts to an old, uh, what was the name of the company? Whatever their farm, Fortuna, the, their pharmaceutical company. One of their facilities, basically, that is now, should have been condemned and like bulldozed, but hasn't been yet. And he sets up what amounts to a very elaborate, very large party that's going to turn into an orgy at midnight. And they're going to signal that the orgy is to start by turning on the sprinkler system and like everybody's going to get wet and fuck and whatever. Right. So it does not sound like fun. (laughs) Correct. Because as Kathy pointed out, and I recognize right away the, the water that's in those systems, even when it's a new building that isn't run down and shitty is really musty and gross and shitty. Like it just, it's water that just sits. It's not like water flows in all the time. It's just water that's been sitting there for months and years at times. Shay's uncle installs sprinkler systems. Let's give him a call. Okay. I don't have his number. Beep, boop, beep, boop, beep, boop, boop. Hi. This this is Shay's uncle. <laughs> you ever fuck under one of them sprinklers? Fuck no. That shit's gross, man. Here we go. They find out that the sprinkler system is no longer connected to the water line. They can't figure out... Or they struggle to figure out his dad said yes to this no he just decided they were going to do that oh, okay. this is a building that's been abandoned for years oh, okay. um and this is his way of proving like he his argument is if i can get a hundred people that each pay ten thousand dollars or whatever it is i've made a million right there he's forgetting about how much money he's spending on this whole process because he's also like Getting a bunch of drug dealers to show up and and be ready to just hand out dr- like sell drugs, it's ridiculous. They can't figure out how they're going to connect the water line. He has a brilliant idea, which is, hey, there were some water tanks on the roof, um, you know, like where uh, a more local water supply would be. We'll just hook it up to that. So they do that, but then surprise, surprise. What's in those, which they don't find out until after they spray everyone with them, isn't water. It's acid. It's acid and it melts hundreds of people. <laughs> hundreds of people end up in just like this gross, goopy, acid burning mess in, on the dance floor. It's so fucked. The weirdness that's going on with the red mask, though, through all of that is that she shows up and it says some weird cryptic shit to him. And then we see her go around and talking to the staff. 
that are there and they all just abruptly get up and leave. So, and then we find out because one of Prospero's sisters-in-law, like his brother's wife, he convinced her to show up to fuck. And we see the Red Mask talk to her and say, go now. So basically the Red Mask is going around telling people that maybe shouldn't be killed to get the fuck out. And they're all just doing it almost as though they're in a trance. But for whatever reason, this sister-in-law decides, nah, I'm here to fuck. I'm going to fuck. And then she dies a horrible screaming death. Is this the same sister that sister-in-law that uh, goes, by the way, I canceled the girl for tonight. And he goes, there's a girl tonight. And she's like, yes, it's canceled. Well, rescheduled for tomorrow. No. Oh, okay. No. Cause that is his actual, that is a sister. That is one of the children. Yeah. Um, and she was talking to her husband. This was the wife of, and I don't know if we saw her in the first episode. This was the wife of the kid that played Elliot and E.T. I can't remember his name. That was the kid who played Elliot? Yeah, he, he has been in every one of Mike Flanagan's shows on Netflix for the last couple of years. And huh. he was great in the first one. And I've found him to be kind of shitty in every one since mm. then, including this one. Mm. Okay, let's see here. Let's talk about the courtroom scene. There was something you wanted to bring up. Oh, yeah. So, Mark Hamill plays their lawyer. Yes. Uh, something Pym. Pym, yeah. Because they call him the Pym Reaper, which the- is really fucking stupid. <laughs> and the DA is giving his opening statement. Mark Hamill's just sitting at the desk. And then every once in a while, the DA would say something. And then uh, Pym would go, objection. And the lawyer would go, sustained. Then they just keep going. Yeah, fair. <laughs> what, what? What was that objection? And what? What? One. What are you objecting to? And what were the ramifications? Because basically, all that just happened was objection sustained. Which is dumb because they then like later he does object when he brings up uh the fact that he has this surprise witness and he objects like, hey, we need to be made aware of this shit. Right. And the judge has the appropriate reaction, which is to say which is to i don't know if it's appropriate for him to agree all right yep we're going to keep this a secret but he does then go on to say strike that from the record you know jury you're to disregard any mention of that and move on which is what you're supposed to do when an object like if he's objecting to something and it's been sustained you tell the jury hey ignore that shit let's move on right but even in that instance where he announces he's got a surprise witness and they object and they come to the bench uh, Pim goes, oh, because of this, you know, discovery, we uh, need to know about this witness. And basically, the DA's reaction is, nah, we don't want to. And the judge doesn't tell him he can't have the witness. All the judge says is that you have to strike it from your opening statement. Cool. Like, I, I think there's a bit of how... Do we expediently convey they describe why they can't bring up who the witness is, which is that that person would fear for their life because I don't know if he mentions then that it's a part of the family or what Mm -hmm. they have like things built in for that. This isn't the first time that a witness is going to be scared for their life. Understood understood but i i I don't know i don't know i don't know enough i'm not a lawyer i'm just a doctor right (laughs) yeah i don't know i i was able to suspend some disbelief there 
Yeah. What I'm not able to suspend disbelief on is that that witness, I guarantee you, does not exist. <laughs> yeah. N- another thing I uh, couldn't suspend my disbelief is why didn't Pim just pull out a lightsaber and start chopping people up? Right. But- Use the force. <laughs> yeah. Fucking Pim, man. Do detectives in real life really put up poster boards with pictures of everybody that they're investigating? It is a trope, and I don't see the use. Is he? Was it a detective that did that, or was it the DA? <laughs> Either way, it's still goofy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I don't. At I least don't like do some yarn between them or something. There was some yarn. I'm pretty oh, sure. Okay. I'm pretty sure there was some yarn. And in fairness. If it was a detective, I, it could at least make sense, especially if they're uh, helming a task force. You want everybody to know, excuse me, everybody to know who's real important and who isn't, I guess, and who's dead by you know painting a big red X over them when they die. <laughs> Would you pay? You know that whiskey when he invites what's the DA's name? Uh, Dupin. Dupin over. He invites Dupin over. He's got this whiskey that's like in, like from 1776, and it's like in a gold dipped bottle with diamonds and everything over. I can guarantee, not worth it. Yeah, absolutely. That's all. Oh, I thought you were asking a question. I was gonna. I mean, my question was gonna be, do you think that it would be worth it? But I already knew the answer. Yeah, absolutely not. No, no. If you have to dip your bottle in gold. To prove its worth. And then encrust it with diamonds. It wasn't worth much to begin with. Yeah. I think it was the scene where uh, Roderick and his sister Madeline? I think so. Roderick and Madeline are teenagers and they're taking care of their mother. Yeah. And she's in bed and Madeline tries to hand her a glass of water. And she uh, pushes the water away. And then there's a really really cartoonish out of place crashing noise did you notice that i didn't no i gotta let me pull it up that sounds like from a mile away too i did like i did think it was a cool shot when they um okay the dead mother thing was a little out of place because uh she was weak and in bed the whole time but then she managed to bust out of a coffin and out of the dirt uh, I don't know how she had the strength to do that, let alone walk to somebody else's house and then choke him to death without being overpowered. But I've liked the shot when they go to the coffin and they're like examining it. And then you just see the footprints going back up to the house. I was like, oh, that's cool. I liked that shot in a vacuum. But watching that scene, all I could think is, yeah, you probably saw this footprint as you were walking out of the back yeah. of the house to f- see this fucking coffin. Like, it was a little... Oh, you could have been distracted. You're, like, focusing in on that empty coffin on your way. I'd have a hard time missing a bunch of muddy-ass, wet footprints that into the house, even. It wasn't just yeah up to the house. It was in the house. I don't know. I don't. I think that that summarizes my feelings about a lot of Mike Flanagan stuff recently, which is that I there are scenes that by themselves are cool or interesting, but I don't. If I think about them, if he can't keep me from thinking about them for more than two seconds, I'm already looking at them and going, I I know. Yeah. 
when this episode first started and they were like started doing like cuts to like scary smiles or like go, go, i was like i like my initial reaction was like oh okay i guess they're trying to be scary and then uh, i thought about it's like do i want this to be accidentally scary of course they're trying to for it to be scary and so i guess I, after i had that realization i was trying to give it the benefit of the doubt but maybe i gave it too much of a benefit of doubt <laughs> i don't i don't think so i i if you can shut down that part of your brain that keeps you from enjoying something, then more power to you. You know what I mean? Like, who gives a shit? Did you just say more power to me if I can shut down the part of my brain that, a lot, that, that allows keep, me to enjoy something? No, keeps you from enjoying Oh, things. okay. Uh, no, I'm not an <laughs> asshole. Um, yeah, I don't know. What I liked, so, and I'm still chasing the high of when it comes to mike flanagan shit with the haunting at hill house is how much of that there were some typical horror tropes some there wasn't a lot of jump scares but there is one in particular that still fucking haunts me to my end of my days is how much how good a job he does at setting up horror atmospherically like just really making things a little creepy or off-putting or you know having just he was very good in that uh hill house and he did that it was a little more obvious in this show where it was like, yeah, there's a ghost standing in the background that if you're not paying attention, you're going to miss, but it's the, the, yeah, the smash cuts to a creepy smiling face, or frankly, I feel like the jump scare at the end of the episode where Roderick goes down, where we see that creepy ass, like jester in the limo completely unearned. I fucking hate jump scares. I, I think they are unearned. Fair. I don't Particularly like, something like that where it's just the scene had n- there was nothing horror going on, and then just some creepy ass gesture that has no connection to it, at least to this point, no connection to the rest of the story so far. It's just some he was just creepy ass dude. He was just in that church, like looking behind him, seeing ghosts up there, and being like, "She's here." That, yeah, that shit all made sense. Who the fuck is this jester? Oh, we're gonna find out. I think we will, but at this point in episode one unearned don't care yeah um there's a jump scare in I, one of the last episodes of haunting at hill house that still it's just it's horrifying um where it's a scene where people are just in their car driving and chatting completely uh conversationally talking about something completely normal and then out of nowhere uh somebody that died fairly recently uh just pops out of the back seat and just like sticks their head in between the two of them and just screams. And that causes them to like go off the road and, and crash. And I think one of them dies at that point, but that one I was so unprepared for, but it made sense in the context of everything else that they were talking about and what had been going on that fucking freaks me out to, to this day. Sounds pretty spooky. That show's great. If you are at all interested in a horror show, Check out that one. Maybe this one. This one could end up being good, but so far two episodes in, I'm not I'm not feeling it. Yeah, I'm not feeling it either. I don't typically like scary stuff though. I think that's what I liked about Haunting at Hill House is it wasn't trad- like there was some scary stuff, but it was more atmospheric and like really building up a vibe more than anything. Yeah. Do you think that those realistic cakes are gonna come back into play at all? Absolutely. I think that, oh shit, that's who, that's who died. That's the, uh, 
wife I or the sister-in-law I was talking about. Oh, what no. I, right. She made those good cakes. Right. And all I could think is, oh, how is a, a, something that everybody thinks is a cake but turns out not to be a cake going to kill someone? I'm thinking like she makes a, they think she's made a cake that looks like a blender and somebody sticks their face in to eat it and then accidentally turns <laughs> it on. You know what I mean? Like something really dumb. <laughs> you know how you know how people are always sticking their faces all the way down into blenders. You have you been to a toddler's birthday party? They're doing that shit all the time. <laughs> uh, do you have anything else for the show? Uh, I do not. I started watching what we do in the shadows what do you think i'm liking it a lot uh shay and i started watching what we do in the shadows until uh like the second or third time i suggested we watch it and she's like oh, i'm not in the mood right now and i was like I'm watching it on my own and then uh last night or the night before she was like i do want to watch what we do in the shadows it's like all right let's pick up where you left off and she's like okay and it was the Baron Night Baron's Night Out episode was where she left out. Yeah. And uh we made it about halfway through and she was like, I don't want to watch this show anymore. And I was like, Okay. Fair enough. It's a weird one. Um, but it it's one of my favorite shows. The whole uh Renaissance fair that we were at uh two weeks ago or whatever. Uh, we we had a call and response anytime somebody kind of wandered off because there were six of us, so it was difficult to keep the group together. And it was always uh, somebody just shouting Renaissance like fucking Laszlo. Um, and most of that weekend was just us talking like Laszlo Cravensworth, best character. Awesome. Um, I know what everybody's waiting for. F Boy Island. They're waiting for an F Boy Island. Yeah, update. let's have it. I don't have as exhaustive an f-boy island update as i normally would because i've only watched one episode okay and that's partially because unfortunately at least based on this first episode the show might have lost its magic a little bit in uh. its transition to cw it's just not i didn't even like i was watching it the whole time thinking like all right i'm you know ready to take some notes or something like that for us to talk through and it just wasn't anything all that fucking interesting there is one guy, I don't remember his name on there, that is just the hippiest, light is life, man. Just everything's super chill and whatever, that has yet to talk to any of the women yet. He has not has not even made an attempt. His literal words when somebody said, you should maybe, because that first night, it's just like, everybody get a chance to meet them because they're going to send three of you home right away. Um, he didn't even bother at that point. He just said, They'll come to me. And was just like helping out a guy that was having a hard time uh, talking to one of the women. who's like, just be you. Be awesome, man. Just be you and be like show your awesome light. And he was just a super chill, super nice, super hippie dude that I was absolutely certain was going to get sent home night one and has not to this point. Wow. Yeah. So uh, we'll see how that goes. I think uh, maybe this weekend there will be... Uh, a couple episodes we'll we'll watch and we'll see if I've got anything to to share then. But all right, nice. I'm, I'm not optimistic that this one's gonna have the legs. Nice. We'll see. Got anything else? I'm still going strong on the thousand and one albums. I only remembered that it was a thing after maybe two weeks 
for good reason of just kind of being yeah. off the grid a bit um, today. And haven't I haven't even looked to see what the albums were. How how's that been going? Any any standouts? Not really. It's, it's been three weeks since we I, we've recorded, so we don't need to go through all three weeks. Right. Now. Exactly. Uh, we had another Stevie Wonder, which was, of course, fantastic. Songs in the Key of the Life. Yep. Uh, other than that, there was a rap album by Little Sims that I liked. Okay. I went and looked. You had made a comment about uh, how many Electronica albums yeah. were coming up. There isn't, as far as I could find, a way for me to look by genre in that book. So you'd you'd be sorting through trying to find how many there are. Okay, can't wait for the next one. For the next, I thought a couple of days ago, I thought we got another one. I was like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" <laughs> yep. Oh, want to wrap it up? Yes. Uh, oh God, I'm so out of the rhythm of this. Thank you for listening to the episode one podcast with Michael and Eric. If you'd like to show, leave a rating or review on uh, Apple Podcasts. Right? Yeah. Uh, you can check out our website. It's episode1podcast.com. I was thinking today, or like the other day, actually, in our discussion about, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Weird ways to engage our community socially, since I'm not going to use Facebook and Twitter, and I'm still going to call it Twitter, fuck you, Elon, um, is a shit show and everything else. I, I just can't figure out how to break through on. I did have the thought today that it's a real shame that we can't have communicated to our listeners that we were going to be gone for three weeks, aside from our D&D game, where I'm guessing half of our regular listeners uh, play weekly. Um, and I had the thought that I think maybe we floated before and shot down, but I can't remember why. Maybe we need to uh, Telephone start chain. a Discord. Oh, Discord. Yeah, as like a, just a place to chat about the first episodes of things that people have watched okay have recommendations i cannot we can also that could be the channel where we say hey we're not recording this week i'm into it i'm gonna look into it um i think the reason i think i'm the one that shot it down before and i think the reason is i didn't want to have to put any energy towards moderating that sort of thing because if we got a shitty person in there um managing that sort of nonsense but i think that a Boot fuck it huh that's my thought now is a i think that's assuming a lot i think suspect it's going to be the three people in our dnd group and maybe two or three others i hope mo joins that would be great um so maybe by the time this episode airs i'll have one set up um b i'll just say this now because if you're hearing about it now this is i'm just going to tell you off the jump you're a dick. I'm booting you. I can't. Yeah. I have no time for any of this shit. You're 100%. just getting your ass kicked out. This is just going to be a chill place to hang and find out that we're not recording in a given week because yeah. our internet was out or whatever. Right. Or we could talk about our fantasy sports leagues that we're going to do. Yeah. Fantasy basketball. Um, how long into the season can you, how far into the season can you set one up? I don't know. Okay, maybe we'll look into that too. Yeah, you know what? Let I'll I'll open up the Discord and uh the first thing I'll ask is I, ideas for additionally uh non-traditional social uh networking stuff. Sounds good to me. Cool. Um last but not least. Yeah. 
Hey, Boss D, thanks for the theme song, dude. Yeah. See you all next week. Yeah, yeah.